Jesus e Malo. Bruto é o pastor do festival. E a interpretação sempre negativa. Sempre negativa. Nunca positiva. Hello, it's Monday, August the 23rd, and this is Siempre Positivo. Barcelona salvaged a point in Bilbao at the weekend, Memphis Depay roaring to the rescue after Inigo Martinez had given Athletic Club a deserved lead. We're also into the final week of the transfer window, and Barca are still trying to move on some big earners. No names, Samuel Umtiti and Miralem Pjanic. To delve into all of that, I am Sam Marsden, and as ever, I am joined by Rick Sharma and Tony Juan Martí. Rick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Hot still, because it is very hot here. It's very sweaty today. And Tony, can I say bon dia? We're slightly into the afternoon, so I guess I guess it's changed now. Yes, we can say bon dia after that draw of Real Madrid against Levante. You know that the Barcelona and Madrid always communicative part, side. So yes, better for Barcelona. So yes, it was a better weekend thanks to Campagna and Roger Martí. Yeah, that. I mean, this is obviously a Barca podcast, but that Real Madrid draw at Levante does put a different slant on the Barcelona draw at Athletic Club and perhaps illustrates, you know, that how difficult it's going to be for for the top clubs away at, away at teams like, well, Levante have the best record against Madrid and Barca since Paco Lopez has come in, but also traditional teams like Sevilla, Athletic. Um, so let's just sort of recap on, on San Mamez. It was difficult to watch at times, probably if you're a Barcelona fan, but it was also quite a fun game. Athletic were very good, especially in the first half. Ronald Koeman praised their, their pressing. Barca couldn't get out from the back. Sunset smashed the bar and Yaki Williams missed a lot of chances, but Barca could have been ahead at the break. Martin Brathwaite missed the best chance and Ronald Araujo had a goal ruled out for a foul by Brathwaite in the second half. Martinez heads Athletic into the lead, but then it is true Barca did slightly improve, especially Frankie de Jong. Memphis had moments when he when he got on the ball, de Jong hit the bar and then Memphis equalised and, and could even have won it with a late chance that he that he dragged wide. Rick, your assessment on that draw now the times now that dust settled a little bit. I guess on, on Saturday night you would have perhaps been a little bit more savage, but given time to reflect and like we said, the Madrid game and, and the results in the Liga, it seems seems a better point than, than it did at the time. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. I still think that it was well, I mean, it was just a bad performance. I don't think it's it's unfair to say that on Barca. I think that they play badly and they on another day they could have lost. They could have lost, you know, two, three, four goals even. Atletico had a lot of chances. There are positives to take from it. Memphis is probably the biggest one because that, that kind of flash of inspiration, just rifling it into the top corner, is something that Barca are going to need a lot of this season now they don't have Messi. You know, Memphis is, is a player who can do that, and the best thing I've seen from him is that he's not afraid to do it either. A lot of players come to Barcelona and they're afraid. Memphis is not afraid. Tony, what did you make of, of the draw in the end? I guess on the one hand, you don't want to be too sort of um, jumpy and jump into a snap decision, snap reaction because it's only the second game of the season. But it's also the second year of the Kuman project and you want to be seeing improvements. So what did you what did you make of the draw? I would divide the the both parts of the game. I mean, uh, uh, with the ball, when, when it comes to attack, uh, I can understand that perfectly that without Messi, you need to adapt, the readapt the team. Of course, it's not the same playing with Messi because... He used to do all uh, attacking, uh, creating chances, assisting. So I can understand Kuman uh, needs time to, to to readjust the team with uh, Griezmann acting as uh, as he does uh, in France with Memphis Depay. Okay, I perfectly understand that uh, you're not going to be 
the, the most brilliant team attacking on the first month. Yes, there's a new scenario and you have to deal with it. Perfect. But what I cannot understand, and Kuman said it before the game, said uh, we cannot be surprised uh, for Athletic because we know what they are going to do. And that's what happened. Barcelona was surprised because of the, of the I don't know if it's called like this in English, the high pressure. High of, press, yeah. Uh, the high press of, of Athletic. So if Kuman knew what was going to happen, Why didn't he, he he worked on that during the week? Because Barcelona seemed to do to to not to be able to to, to deal with that press. And for me, it's, it's really I'm really worried about that because okay, attacking Messi is not there anymore. But defensively, you had lots of problems last year. And what has done Barcelona better this precision? Nothing. I see the team as it was uh, the last season, and he had all the precision to improve defensively. I repeat it. I know, but if you are not Better defensively, if you concede each game one, two goals, you're not going to win anything. Could it be that Barcelona just don't have the, the players to play out from from that press? They kept trying to do it, but they just, they just couldn't do it. I guess it would maybe make a difference if Marco Andreas Stegen was in goal. Perhaps he would have been a little bit better than Neto. But, you know, they had the, the, the majority of their midfielders, their defenders there, and they were just incapable of playing out from the back. No, of course, if, if the other team is brave and comes to you, at the end, you have only one extra man, and this is the goalkeeper then you need to be very, very accurate. I don't know how to say, very, very good with, with that goalkeeper. And of course, uh, that kind of quality that Ter Stegen has is not the same in Neto. So yeah, this is an important issue. I completely agree with that. And I think Ter Stegen is, has been as, it sounds ridiculous, as big a miss as Messi so far for Barcelona. Because Neto has been abysmal. Like that, All that pressure, especially in the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, comes from Neto and his, his poor kicking. And I, I just think, what's the point of even having goalkeepers in La Masaya if you're not going to use them? And they, they grow up learning how to play in this exact way because that's what Barcelona do. Why have the goalkeepers there if you're not going to use them? Why, why sign Neto? And, and they need to basically just get rid of him, get the 15 million if they can for him. That is being rumored that they can get for him. And, and let Iñaki Peña, for example, play when, when Tastegan's not there. Yeah, I think it's worth highlighting that Neto is someone who's considered not brilliant with his feet, but of modern goalkeepers, he is considered useful with his feet. That's obviously why, why Barca signed him and thought he could be a good backup. I think that just illustrates just the the level of demand on the Barca goalkeeper and how good perhaps Ter Stegen is in, in that area of the game, even though he's obviously had made his mistakes in the past. On that note, there was there was a question from Hunter Perdue who said, is it too early to be worried? It's looking like another season of deplorable defending. Kuman not entering matches with any sort of tactics at all. Basically just summing up what... What Tony said, he says, we're, we're lucky to have taken a point against Athletic Bilbao. I mean, are, are you worried, Tony? You, you obviously slammed the defender in there. Do you, are you worried about it for this season? Is it a big, big concern? Or you think it can improve with, you know, a settled defence if, you know, Araujo and Garcia and Pique sort of the, the, the chosen three and we sort of see those one of one of the two of those three establish a good partnership or... I don't know. I think it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't uh, make the difference playing with a player or another. Of course, I think that Ronald Araujo needs to be a starter at all. I'm not saying I don't like Ari Garcia, but for me, I don't know in the future, but for the moment, is much done as a player, Ronald Araujo than Ari Garcia. But the fact is, on that question that uh, this uh, this listener said to us, it's too early to be worried. No, it's not too early because you're not seeing the team improving defensively. One game you concede two, then you don't concede, then you concede again. It means that you are going nowhere. I, re I want to repeat that attack when you come when it comes to attack okay no no problem you will you will reach it but defensively it's going to be the same 
Do you remember last uh, La Liga uh, game against Granada? If Barcelona uh, was uh, could uh, would have been able to beat Granada, they were on the on the top of the table. One two in the Camp Nou, so it's going to be the same. And my question is, I don't know, I, I don't want to be uh, uh, really uh, against Kuman, but I, I have the real doubt. I don't know if in the training Kuman does this kind of practice. Okay, we are going to. To defend the whole game, the whole the whole uh, training. I don't know if they they are doing that. I think there's an issue. Maybe he's being hamstrung a bit by having to go back to four three three rather than his system with three centre backs, two wing backs, and Busquets with a lot more support around him. Because we saw they played four three three for a bit of last season. After he sort of moved away from the four two three one that he started with, they went to a kind of four three three. Albeit a bit of a half-hearted one because they kept moving back into their original shape until he just kept, got rid of it. When they saw against Paris Saint-Germain, it was 4-3-3 against 4-3-3 and Barcelona were taken to pieces. That's when he invented the other the system. And the other system, to me, defensively did help Barca. And in fact, their form during that period over the whole period was a lot better. And it's a case of, I think, not having any great centre-backs. And so having three of them on the pitch is a bit like England in a way. Like Southgate does that too. England don't have any great centre-backs. So they use more centre-backs to kind of account for that and cover up some of the deficit. Which brings us to actually someone mentioned that on the on the Siempre Pod Twitter feed. Ahmed, Ahmed Mohamedi said, should Barca return to a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2? Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk pre-season about Laporta demanding this 4-3-3. Tony, do you think that, that could be the answer or you want to see them stick with the back, with the back four? But, but if you take a look to the goals uh, Barcelona are conceding, For me, it's not a question of playing three for three. It's a question of, of, of being defender since you are eight years old. If there is a cross, a center back has to be with the striker. It's not like playing with four, two, six on, or 25. It's, it's natural things. But with Guardiola, th there was like the idea that uh, we have a great team and we are going to attack uh, perfectly. No, but this is not the real football. In the real football, you have to be able to defend and to defend and to do it properly. Look, Militao, look, Baran, these kind of uh, center backs, they know what they have to do. But on the last uh, 10 years with Barcelona, it was like, we are, it's enough to win attacking well. Yes, you had Xavi, Iniesta, Messi, Villa, Pedro, but now it's not enough. If you're not able to do that, you are going nowhere. I think, I mean, for this one game, maybe we have to say it could be an exception with Eric Garcia because Before the game he heard his, his grandfather had died and you know maybe that affected his concentration for the first goal, not following his of man, Inigo Martinez. And I, the red card, actually, you can almost give him credit for that red card at the end because if he doesn't do it, maybe it's a goal for Athletic and Barca lose. Take a red card and Araujo comes in next game. Maybe not with Piquet, we'll see, because it might be Langlet too. The, the thing I wonder is maybe Komen chose not to play Araujo because he knew about the high press from Bilbao and that it was going to be like that he had to play Nete because that's you know what he's decided he's going with in goal and he decided to play Eric Garcia and Piquet because they're both better at passing the ball bringing the ball out than Araujo Araujo to me is the best defender of the three at the moment but maybe in terms of the Salida bringing it out he prefers those two I didn't, it didn't work but it's, maybe that's the reason well it will be all changed next week because Piquet obviously injured he was warned against playing against Athletic but played anyway and went off injured after half an hour and then as you say Garcia sent off so we're going to see Araujo and, and Lenglet I imagine on, on Saturday we'll see what happens with Mingueza who's back in training as of Monday he's another another option uh, just just moving on from from the, the negatives to, to the positives there were some weren't there Rick and we've touched on Memphis but Frankie de Jong as well especially in the final third of the game was 
was well that's the role you'd want to see someone doing especially someone like him someone sort of taking the the ball by the horns as they say and sort of really leading Barca forward you know he, he hit the bar with that looped effort he was defending making great blocks he was you know driving forward with the ball he also set up the late chance for for Memphis which Memphis pulled wide and as we said it's 2021 the year the year of Frankie <laughs> said it all before and you just said it all there what do you want me to say Sam Frankie was, was was quality especially let's say in the last 20-30 minutes when the game kind of fractured a bit he took control of it and that is the De Jong that not the De Jong we necessarily expected to see when he arrives but the De Jong he became last season the guy that can pull the team along by the scruff of its neck sometimes and that's a promising sign I think he's he is him and Memphis are the first names on the team sheet and Pedri of course when he's not exhausted Pedri going to have a couple of weeks off now he's gone back to the Canaries for a couple of weeks he's not going to play for Spain in the international break he's not going to play against Tetafe so we will see him after the international break when Barca are away at Sevilla Tony was there anything that you liked about the performance any players any elements of the game any substitutions not not especially yes as you said uh, Memphis uh, but uh, it was not nothing new we, we know that uh, he's able to to do the the new leader uh, I'm worried on uh, who is going to play on the midfield without Pedri uh, I guess that is going to be Sergio Roberto but uh, I don't know I'm worried also with uh, Martin Brethwaite I know that he had a great game against Real Sociedad uh, it was not it was not as great uh, as he did uh, the last week. Uh, against Athletic and uh, I don't know uh, I'm still thinking if uh, Kuman is going to 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 repeat the the lineup against uh, Getafe I imagine that maybe we could have uh, some surprise when it comes to Martin Brethwaite you, you said there weren't many positives I guess I mean he didn't have a lot of time to come on but Yusuf Demir came on for a debut the 18 year old from Austria Nicknamed, I mean, people don't like this, but nicknamed the Austrian Messi. He became the youngest player since Messi, who, who's not Spanish or Catalan, to make their debut for Barcelona. Could you think he could be a surprise against Getafe? I definitely think it could be a surprise against uh, Getafe. Yes, I don't think he was very good against Athletic, and that's not necessarily a criticism because it's not an easy game to come into for your debut at San Mames against a team playing with such intensity. And Athletic were, I think, you've got to give them so much credit for being being good in that game because. You look at Real Sociedad, the other Bas team against Barca in the first game, were pathetic. They were pathetic in that first game. Athletic were the complete opposite, so much more intense, and, and they gave Barca a proper, a proper game. Just finally, before we move on to, to Rick's ratings, I'm sure we can get to Griezmann, but um, on the midfield, you touched on there, no Pedri against Tatafi. He said Sergio Roberto will probably come in, and I know Tony also loves talking about Ricky Puj, but people are asking, why, why always Sergio Roberto? Why are we not seeing minutes for... For Gavi or Ricky Pudge or, or some of these players in, in midfield? No, I, I want to, 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 to say that it's not what I would do. It's, it's what I think is going to happen. But for me, of course, I would pick uh, rather uh, Gavi uh, than, uh, than Sergio Roberto. The team has to, has to change. So, of course, we need, uh, we need uh, new energy. And of course, for me, Gavi is ready to play. You are going to play at home against Getafe, the first uh, fixture. So no problem if you, if you have, a, have, a, have a mistake. At, at the end, you have to do mistakes. To, to grow up as a player and this is the right the right time for, for Gavi to play and just finally Rick people were asking for your thoughts on the Araujo goal just before half time which was ruled out for a Brathwaite foul on I think it was on Alex Berenguer wasn't it the athletic defender winning the yeah I mean it wasn't a foul him. well I wouldn't say it was a foul just it was a, I don't think that was a was a goal that should have been ruled out it was a really nice effort from Araujo over a kick Brathwaite uh, you know your defenders make that challenge on strikers in the box 15 times a game so 
No, for me, that's not a foul, and it should have been a goal. Okay, now you can take us away with Rick's ratings. Neto, oh, I should say, actually, I wrote these after the game, so I haven't changed them since. This is, this is what I thought immediately after the game finished. Then Neto, three, and we talked about it already, that you know, his kicking's been, been poor. And he also was bailed out by De Jong, so he made a mess of that. that not, that's not even a kicking thing, that's just like a concentration thing. De Jong had to save him. Dest, four... Piquet, he was, I gave him five, but he didn't really play enough. He had to go off pretty early. And Araujo came on, I gave him eight. For me, he was perhaps Barca's best player, along with Dion. It was quality. Eric Garcia, three. Alba, five. So many crosses, Jordi Alba, but, but no accuracy. I, maybe I'm starting to think that it was, it, was, it was Alba just doing those same crosses and Messi just deciding to get into the right position rather than Alba picking Messi out necessarily. We'll have to see about that. Busquets, five. Pedri, six. Frankie, eight. He was good as well. Griezmann, three. Utterly invisible. I just, you know, so many people got excited against against uh, Real Sociedad with Griezmann's performance. But again, it's these kind of games where he has to make the difference. Not games where Barca are just running riot against a team that's far below its best. Memphis, seven. I think I, I would have given a six before his goal. Obviously, you've got to bump it up a bit for that strike. Fantastic strike. Brathwaite, four for missing that chance. I actually think, on the sub, Sergio Roberto did all right. Because I know he's got a lot of criticism. And I personally don't, don't see him as a starter for Barca. Squad player is quite versatile, useful. But he did set up Memphis's goals. Nice pass. And di- didn't make too many mistakes when he came on. Demir, I didn't give him a rating, but pretty invisible. Tony, yeah. happy with them? Yes, I think it's the first time that uh, I, I definitely agree with with uh, with Rick. And when it comes to Griezmann, that of course, yes, we we were happy after his game against Real Sociedad. But I I, I spoke with a person in the club in of uh, Football Club Barcelona, and uh, I was trying to to defend Griezmann last weeks, and he told me something that I'm starting thinking that he was right. He he told me no, don't. Don't uh, don't get lost. No, no te equivoques, que se dice en castellano. He said me, great players doesn't need kind of a, a period of adaptation. of, of being, They don't need to be adapted to the new team. So it, since the first day, they are able to show what they are able to do. And I, and I always were convinced, I was convinced that it, it was not true. But now you see Memphis Depay and you think that maybe, yes, that even if, of course, you need some month to get better, I compare with for uh, I compare it with the first month of Griezmann, and I definitely think that maybe yes, it's not that he needs more and more and more adaptation. Is is just that uh, Griezmann is overrated player, and maybe you have to admit uh, he, he works a lot, but he's, he he won't be able never to de- to decide a game. Like I said back uh, like a few months ago on the pod, if you want to play, he works a lot. Sign N'Golo Kante, don't sign Antoine Griezmann. Okay, you may have been listening to the pod a couple of weeks ago when Rick and I spoke to Simon Cooper. As a result of that, we had a book to give away, his latest book on Barcelona, which is a very good book. We um, we ran a competition for, for the winner last week and we asked you to answer a question related to last week's pod. We had lots of answers and Rick can now reveal who the winner is of the competition. The winner is Paul Smedley. Paul Smedley, congratulations! We'll um, we'll give you twenty four hours to to reach out to our to our DMs and, and send your address. And if not, we'll we'll go onto Twitter and we'll um, hunt you down. We'll hunt you down and officially congratulate you. Sorry to <laughs> everyone else who entered. We only had had one book to to give away. 
Rip determined the winner by uh, via a lottery online. I've actually got a video of it. If anyone wants proof of the, the draw, I can post it on the Siempre Pod Twitter account. You can check that it's not Rick Skousen and something <laughs> like that. Okay, we are into the final week of the transfer window. Um, Barca are mainly going to be working on moving players on. So, Tony, what can we expect to happen this week? We were expecting uh, Pjanic and Umtiti to leave, of course, but uh, we know that uh, with Umtiti it's going to be really, really difficult. Uh, there's no team that can afford uh, his wages. I think that uh, finally they are going to find a solution, even if it's not going to be the solution that Barcelona expected. But I think uh, it makes no sense to, to, to be to be Umtiti part of the squad after the, this atmosphere with the with the, the 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 people wishing to him and he's angry now he's been back from Ibiza and he had like bad words for a journalist so I think that the atmosphere says that he, he's going to leave finally let's see what happens with uh, with the middle Pjanic as you Sam Martin said on uh, Twitter a lot of uh, clubs on Syria want to sign him but the problem is of course that they cannot uh, like with Umtiti, um, pay what he earns. So if he if he decides to 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 cut uh, his salary, okay, and uh, let's see what happens with uh, Collado and uh, and Neto. I think Neto is going to stay, and I think Collado is going to stay also. Yeah, I mean, I think the solution with Umtiti is not going to be the one that the club would would like, but it's one that they're going to have to accept. They're just going to have to. <laughs> Peter Rohan, Rohan, Rohan. I don't like it. I don't like it, but they'll have to go along with it. <laughs> They're going to have to, yeah, just let him go and whatever, get as much of his salary covered as possible and go out go out on loan. I think it'll be the same with Pjanic. He'll probably go on loan. His preference is obviously Juventus. They don't have room for him at the moment. He's got half of Serie A asking for him. I think he'll also go out on loan before the end of the transfer window with the with the Italian club and 90%, 95% certain will be an Italian club paying a percentage of his wage, probably more than someone's willing to pay for Umtiti. I guess the difference between Umtiti and Pjanic is Pjanic is happy to go to the majority of these Italian clubs that are interested in him, whereas Mtiti isn't sold by the, the calibre of club that, that want him. So I guess there is a scenario where Mtiti just knuckles down and says, actually, I don't fancy going to, to Rennes or Nice or to whoever it is who, who is willing to sign him. Uh, I'm surprised you say about Criado. You don't think he'll end up going out on loan? I don't know. The, the latest uh, I knew is that for the moment he, he wanted to stay, but of course uh, the club and his environment or his, uh, uh, his, his camp, people, yeah. his camp or his people are trying to convince him that uh, to go alone uh, to have minutes and maybe to be back uh, to be back next season. Of course, uh, there's still something to, to discuss about it. Yeah, and I think with Neto, the problem is um, there's not a lot of interest in him. Certainly not to the amount of money that Barca would want to sell him for to to sort of cover the the amortisation. And also, Kuman doesn't really want to be left with just two goalkeepers. Even though we talked before about giving Pena a chance and whatnot, and obviously Tenas is coming through. He wants that that experience back up to to Mark Andre Ter Stegen, Rick. Final week of the transfer window. Laporta has also said, you know, several times now that you know Barca are open to offers. He's, he said it about Griezmann, but he basically said it about half the squad. I mean, I'm sure they'd be less open to offers if people are coming in for De Jong or Pedri. But if you're a top European club, are you putting in any any cheeky bids for any any Barca players this week, or, or are they all staying? That's a very interesting question. Despite all the criticism I've given of Antoine Griezmann, I feel like. He, he, he does have a value 
there could, there could. I'm not, I'm not thinking about which club in particular, but there are clubs who could use a striker like Griezmann and probably could get him at a good price, considering how much he costs Barca. Considering he does probably have three or four more years at, at, at this level in him. Coutinho is another one. I mean, it depends what you can do about the wages, right? If, if you're a club that can afford those wages, you probably have better players than Coutinho already on your books. So, yeah, interesting. But the biggest problem is all the clubs know that Barcelona has a lot of problems. So you did it badly. So all the clubs know that they can offer you a low bid and you, you'll have to accept it. So this is the real problem of Barcelona. They tried to sell all the squad, almost all the squad, uh, except two or three players. Just uh, as a very left field one, but if, if if Tottenham sold Harry Kane to Manchester City for 100 million, 120 million, say, then and they could get Antoine Griezmann for about 60 million, that wouldn't be a bad uh, bad move for them. Yeah, Tottenham also. I mean, the way the the new Tottenham sporting director works is he just basically sounds out everyone. But they did sound one of the clubs to sound out Martin Brathwaite. It looks like Brathwaite will stay now, but he's not completely happy. He's obviously delighted. He's in a, he's in a dr- tricky situation because he's not really got a strong hand. But he's a little bit disappointed at some of the some of the stuff that's come out of the club this summer. Some of the rumours that are constantly in the in the in the press about his future. The fact he's had the number nine shirt taken from him. He just feels a little bit devalued. And and the club also promised him at a certain point before the pandemic. I think when they signed him, that eventually his his contract would be improved. He, he's the lowest paid player in the first team squad apparently. Um, according to, to some people, and he, he feels he's, he's due a little bit more. And it, it is perhaps true if you look, you know, if he's a starter for Barcelona, whether you rate him or not, if he's one of the, you know, the regulars that, that Koeman's playing ahead of other players and he's earning a lot, lot less than them, then you can see why he would want more money. But obviously it's a horrible time to be saying, right, this is time for me to get a, a slight pay rise. So his, his hands are tied, really, and I think he's probably just going to have to stick on stick on what he's earning and stay at Barcelona because he's obviously very driven to stay at Barcelona and be at a top club and I don't think he's going to be willing to accept some of the offers from some of the teams that he would perhaps consider below his level now. Yeah, you only get one life, don't you? And I think if Brathwaite ends up staying in Barcelona for his whole contract, he's going to end up with more trophies and people will remember him more than if he, he goes somewhere else to a mid-level Premier League team for a bit more money. And just finally, and I feel like an idiot asking it because we all know about Barcelona's financial situation. They've had to let Messi go because they couldn't afford to fit his contract within the wage bill. They still need to get rid of other players. Yet last week, Ronald Koeman says he still wants a forward. He's still not optimistic, but he would still like another sign in. Barcelona wanted a midfielder all summer. Tony, is it impossible for Barca to sign anyone else this 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 week or or could you see it happening? I wouldn't say impossible because we all said that it was 100% done the Messi to extend his contract and at the end it was not like this. So in this world, you can never say that it's 100% impossible. I would say 85% impossible, but we still know that they're trying to find a, a gift because it, it has to be like a gift. There's no money. It's so that now you are going to receive a few money of uh, Cucurella. It will be almost uh, 2 million euro. But uh, I would say that nobody is going to, to be signing it. But I have to say that it's true that Barcelona is having contact with teams and players trying to, to at least trying to say, okay, I did what I could, but it was not able to find. So I mean, uh, Planes, Alemán, they are not on holidays when it comes to try to sign a player. I think there's also, uh, I mean, they've been linked to Luke de Jong, haven't they, with, with Seville. And then Shabum was sending us DMs on the Siembre pod account. And he says, bro, they should target Odson Eduard from Celtic as a striker instead of Luke de Jong. He's got a year left on his deal. He's 23, top scorer in SPL for the last three seasons. 
He's better than Luke Young. I've watched him. He's better than Brathwaite as well. So I don't know what you guys think about that. Barca did it right last time they signed a striker from Celtic, didn't they? Do you remember who it was? Henry Glasson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and of course, this is another chapter, but uh, sometime we will have to speak about why Barcelona said that they didn't want anymore a kind of uh, a kind of striker like uh, Crespo, Inzaghi, Larson. They decided that they were not uh, able to play here, but to be on the bench and for second half, it would be really useful as uh, Larson was. But it is it is another history, another chapter. Rick, as a forward, what what Barca most need, what the squad most needs, would it be a starter? Would I guess that it'd be impossible to bring in someone to strengthen the team? It would have to be an option from the bench. But, you know, Barca obviously Kuman massively wanted a midfielder, as we saw with Van Yeldum and, and other players. They wanted a left back for competition for Alba. At some point, they also want another centre back, depending on how things go with Adalco and Eric Garcia. What would be your your priority if in this last week, Umtiti goes, Pjanic goes, some money comes from somewhere and Barca can register someone else on their wage bill, whether it's a player on loan, whether it's a cheap fee, whether it's you know an option to buy. Where would your, where would your priorities lie? Well, on the striker thing, I think it completely depends on Sergio Aguero's situation. Is Does he want to play for Barca? Is, is he going to be fit? Is this injury going to be sorted out and then he's going to be able to play after that? If you, if the answer to those things is yes, he wants to play and yes, he will be fit, then no, they don't need a striker. The midfielder is much more interesting because you know they are a bit, they are a bit weak there beyond beyond Pedri, Busquets, and De Jong. But I I trust Gavi from I know I haven't seen that much of him. I trust him what, what I've saw in preseason. I think he he's ready to play and Nico as well. It looks like he he could do a job this season as well. Came on against Real Sociedad in the first game. He did give away the free kick that, that Oyethabal scored, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a, I don't think it was a foul really, actually. So yeah, maybe a midfielder, because they wanted Vijnaldum can get him. But I feel like the sort of midfielder that Kuman would want to sign is not the sort of midfielder that a lot of people that would listen to this pod want, want Barca to sign. Because he would go for, for a Paulinho Vijnaldum type, a muscle man, basically. Well, on, on this uh, midfielder or forward and some money coming in from somewhere. I guess, I mean, we've not touched on this on the outs, but I guess that could develop from Elijah Moriba or, or or could we yet see Elijah Moriba being the signing? Could could the situation reverse or it, it looks like it's at a complete dead end and that he, he either sits out for the season or he, or he goes this week? I think uh, that he's decided not to extend his contract. Uh, he, he, he's, uh, he has his own decision to leave because uh, he knows that he's going to receive a lot of money. And uh, the club has to respect that. I, I would say that uh, he's not going to sign because uh, in, in this world there are a lot of injuries. Look what happened to Ansu. And uh, I understand that he wants to, to solve uh, the future of his family. So I would say that, yes, we are not going to see Lice anymore with Barcelona t-shirt. So, well, yeah, midfielder or defender then. And, and defender is a bit, it's a bit optimistic because to get a better defender than Araujo and Eric Garcia is not going to be feasible. They have to pay a lot more money than than, than they can do. And it makes no sense. If you have Piquet, you know that Piquet is going to play. So if Piquet is on the squad still, then better to sign a, a player on the midfield. Of course, without money, 